Uh, we are in our February series, which you, if you were here last week, we kicked it off. It was, it's called Enough About Me. And uh, what we do typically in February, because it's the month of love, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up in a few days. Uh, we typically do a series on relationships in February. And, and we're doing it a little bit this year like that, but we're taking a little different spin on it. We're, uh, we're not talking about it more in a romantic way necessarily, more, more about building a foundation in our own personal life that makes us better in relationship with, with, each, with each other, uh, with ourselves too, which is what we talked about last week, and most importantly with our Heavenly Father. And so uh, I, I pray that you'll be challenged and also encouraged over this month. Uh, last week we talked about identity, and we're going to continue with our, our series today, Enough About Me. So I'm going to be reading out of Colossians uh, chapter 1. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen behind us here in just a moment. Uh, the, the book of Colossians was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote while he was in prison. It's called one of his prison epistles. And he wrote it to uh, correct some bad thinking they had at the church there. Some heresy, some, some, they were getting off track a little bit. So he wrote this letter to correct that. So I want you to be thinking about that, be mindful of that as we, as we read this, because uh, how many know we can get off track too sometimes? And uh, so this is meant to, to get us encouraged today, but also get us on track too. So I'm gonna ask you to stand with me as we read God's word together. Uh, chapter one, verses 15 through verse 18. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. So if you had any doubt, or any question, this clears it all up of who he is over creation. Uh, the title of my message today is Status Update. Uh, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we have together today. God, we pray that you would be glorified and honored and exalted in our midst. God, I ask that you would give us eyes to see, that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us hearts to receive, and God, that you would expand our understanding so that we can know you in a greater way. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. So since today is a big day with a big game tonight, uh, I thought I'd start off with a little sports question for you. Is there anyone here that has ever won, been on a team or even an individual that has won a championship on any level? Uh, state championship, regional, maybe little league. Yeah, some of you have, that's good, that's good. We've got some athletes in the house. Um, I actually, uh, the group of guys that I work out with, uh, one of the guys in the group, he was actually on the 1980 Georgia Bulldogs national championship team. And uh, yeah, and he played with Herschel Walker. He said he didn't get much playing time, but he, has, he was there. And uh, he was talking to me about it one day, and I said, yeah, he, he was telling me how cool it was, you know? And I said, yeah, I could totally get that. I, was, uh, I won my Little League Championship when I was 12. So I'm sure it's pretty much the same thing, right? Uh, no, but that, that is pretty neat. But um, there's something about being at the top of the heap, right? Being the king of the mountain or the queen of the mountain when it comes to things like that, to conquer and to be, uh, to be the one that's, everybody else is below you in that moment when you win a championship. But maybe a lot of us have never been at the top of the heap in sports, but 
Maybe you've been um, in different scenarios where you've kind of been the one where the buck stops with you. Uh, maybe the boss that worked, been a manager or owned a business where people worked for you or uh, maybe even on a, a team with a, a school where you had a project and you were the leader or, or you, you, you were the one that had the position, you were the one that had the authority and uh, you stood at that place where uh, people had to answer to you and you were kind of at the top of the heap. Um, being at the, the top is kind of a, it's a coveted thing, right? In a lot of senses, it's, it's something that's, uh, that brings honor and it brings respect from people when we're at the top. Uh, it gives a, a bit of a sense of accomplishment. You know, the vibe we're sending out is one of success, that we are successful, that we've kind of arrived in one way or the other. Uh, also, it kind of makes you the envy of other people, which I know we're not supposed to really want that, but it still kind of feels good anyway uh, when people are, uh, you know, would like to be where we are. Um, but what, what we're talking about today really is about status. I titled my message a status update because this is really about the status we have, the status among other people, the status among peers. And, you know, status in our society today, it matters. It's, it's a big deal today, our status, especially in a time where we can be canceled so easily, right? It could be, you could just go from great status to no, can't, no status in a moment. Uh, things happen so quickly, it has a lot of weight and it matters. And as superficial as it may seem, um, it's something that many of us spend a lot of time in our life trying to maintain a status we have or to attain a status we don't have yet and to try to get to that place in our life. And so to illustrate this, I'm gonna have my wonderful son bring a little prop over here for me that we're gonna use today. And um, <laughs> uh, uh, he's gonna bring, he's bringing over a, a stepladder, okay? Now this looks like a normal stepladder and in every way it is. Uh, except today, it's going to be a special stepladder. It, we're going to call it, thank you, Noah. Give Noah a hand. Good job, bud. <laughs> uh, we're going to call this the ladder of status, okay? Now, there's nothing special about it. And, and listen, this is not a, it's not a great illustration that you're going to want to share all over social media, okay? It's just something to give us a visual uh, because sometimes it's good to have a, a, something we can see to help us remember, right? Um, and I, I hope this will, will help this stick in your mind today because uh, I'm saying some pretty, some pretty heavy stuff today. So when we look at different layers of our life, different uh, aspects, different spheres of our life, uh, there's, we have different statuses in different places in life, okay, right? So let's say, for instance, if you're old enough that you have a job, if you have a job, you have a status at your job. If you're the owner of the business, right, you're at the top. You're, you're perched up here right on the, on the yellow part that's different than the rest of the ladder. You've got the, all the authority, the buck stops with you. Uh, if you're a manager of some of the people, you know, you might be a step down or two. Uh, if you just started the job, you're entry level, you know, you're, you're kind of down there at the bottom. You're the one that's going to get in the boss coffee sometimes, stuff like that. Um, but you have a status at your place of, of, of employment. Uh, in your social group, you have a status. If you're like the, if you're the one that has the best degree and the best job and you have the most followers on social media, you know, you're at the top of the heap. You're at the top. You're the one that you, you feel like everybody else wants to attain that place where you are. And if you're somebody that maybe feels insignificant, you feel like you might be easily replaced, even though you're not, but you feel that way, you might feel like your status is, is lower and maybe even all the way at the bottom. There, everybody has a status that we assume we are at. Uh, financially, if you got a great job and you're making more money than everybody else you know, you're perched up here at the top. Uh, there's not very many of those, probably, <laughs> because somebody's always making more money than you, right? Uh, 
but you're, you're, you're up there. If, you're, you know, if your bills are paid, you're doing okay, but there's definitely plenty of room in your bank account for more money. You know, you might be in the middle here somewhere where you're, you're hanging out and you're, you're content with that, but maybe you'd wanna get to the place where you feel like you're higher up. There's, there's all kinds of different steps. This, this ladder only has, what, six steps, but in life there's many, many, many places and steps that we can be in our status in life. And the fact is that most of us would want to be up here in most of the areas in our life. Some of you might say, well, you know, I don't really care about all that. Uh, I don't care about sports. I don't care that I've never won a championship. I, I'm not competitive, so couldn't care less. That, that would be my wife. She does not care one iota about any sport that's ever been. Um, isn't competitive at all. Uh, and you might say even with the, the whole idea of a job, you know, like I don't wanna be the person up here. I don't wanna be the boss. I don't wanna have to carry that burden. You know, I like to be able to punch out and go home and enjoy my weekend. You know, the boss doesn't get to do that. The boss has to think about it all the time. And if anything goes wrong and at two in the morning, they gotta get up and go and be there and all those things. I don't want that burden in my life. So I'm totally content with being somewhere in the middle. Financially, I don't care about making a ton of money. I just wanna have my bills paid. I'm content to be in the middle there too. So it's not a big deal for me in my life. So uh, this doesn't really apply to me. Well, I would, I would challenge you today that, uh, Really, all those other things I just mentioned were really just to set us up so I can get to the, the thing I really wanna mention because there is one area that all of us want to be at the very top. There's one area that no matter, no matter who you are, no matter what walk of life, no matter how non-competitive you are, there's one area that we all want to be at the very top and that is the status of our own life, of supreme authority and supremacy in our own life. We want to be able to be at the top. Right? I don't care, you might not care about what other people think about you and what your status is in other circles and other areas, but in my life, I wanna be the one that's in control. I wanna be the one that's making the decisions. I wanna be the one that is taking care of situation and that I am the most important person and I have the preeminence in my own life. And if you're, if you're married, if, that's, you know, if you have a wife and kids, they might be on the next step down. You know, if, you're, if you're single, it might be your siblings or your parents or somebody that's really close to you, and then you, got, you, know, you go down to your extended family and friends, and then down at the very bottom, you, know, you got the telemarketers that call you during dinner and things like that, you know, and, and there's different levels of status in your life, but the reality is we want to be up here. We want to be perched at the very top of the ladder, and as I know you know, there's a glaring omission here already, right? We're in, we're in church on a Sunday morning, and if you know your Bible at all, you know that there is uh, someone else that would like to be on this ladder and be your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that wants to have place in your life. It's no big secret that that's what he wants. In fact, we, we beat that drum pretty regularly here, that he wants to have that place in our life, that he wants to be the one that's at the top. And the truth of the matter is that we oftentimes find ourselves at the top more than our God is at the top in our life. We're sometimes even willing to kind of share the top seat with him, but as you can tell, there's only room for one up here, right? There's not room for two. And we struggle often, all the time, with wanting to be at that top place, with wanting to be at the place of preeminence in our own life. And there's a reason that we, this month, we're doing a series called Enough About Me. Because when we were planning out the year, we were thinking through the things that we wanted to share on Sunday mornings. This was one of those things that it's so important that we are consistently reminded of the fact that our life really isn't about just us. And it's actually not even about us first in our life. In fact, I, I've lived long enough to collect enough data on my own, just of my own life, to know that that's an issue. 
And I've been in ministry long enough to know that that's an issue with all of us. That it's something that we want to have in our life, but really it's not for us to have. And we have to constantly be reminded that I am not the center of my own universe. You are not the center of your own universe. You are not the star of your own show. You are not the, the main person, the main character in the movie of your life, if you're doing it according to the way God would want us to do it. So we need to update our status frequently. We need to change our status consistently in our life because there's a reality that the peace and the contentment that we all want in life, you know where it comes from? It comes from not us sitting up here, but Jesus being at the top. The true peace and contentment that comes in life never ever comes if we are perched on the top seat, never. It's not something that can be sustained. It's not something that we're even designed to have because what else comes at the top is the person that has to deal with all the baggage. And the reason we are carrying baggage with us a whole lifetime sometimes and not, and not really dealing with things in our life and having the same issues we had 20 years ago we have them today is because we're putting ourselves at a place of supremacy in our life. We're putting ourselves at a place of preeminence where I'm the one that's dealing with things. I'm the one that's making the decisions. I'm the one that gets to decide what I do with my life. And it's a challenge for us. If anyone other than Jesus is at the top of the ladder, at the top of the stairs in our life, it's out of order. Because some of you might say, well, I don't even care to be there. I, I put somebody else there. If, if you're codependent in a relationship and that other person is at the top, that's even worse than putting yourself there because it's not the place where they're designed to be. It's designed to be for your God. We are not equipped, church, to deal with sitting on that top step. We're not equipped to do it. And you might say, well, I have the Holy Spirit in me. He helps me. Mm -mm, that's not how it works. It's not that he's, he's not your co-pilot. The bumper sticker that says Jesus is my co-pilot is some of the worst thing you could ever hear in your life because it's not, it's not biblical and it's not truth about what God really wants to do in your life. He doesn't want to sit there beside you and be your co-pilot. He wants to be in the driver's seat. And he wants you to be beneath that. He wants to be able to carry your burdens. He can't carry your burdens if he's not sitting up here. He can't carry them. He doesn't sit down here somewhere in the mid-grade and just take everything, carry it for you, and let you sit up there and run the show and rule the roost. It's not how our God works. We're not even meant to do that. He is the one that's meant to be supreme in our life. So... As we move on, let me, I wanna go back to my text verse because as you saw, if you were uh, reading along in the text, it, it, it speaks very clearly about who Jesus is, who, who Jesus as God, who he is, and how, he, uh, how he's part of the universe and creation. So I'm gonna read it again and then we're gonna break it down just a little bit, pretty quickly, okay? So Colossians 1.15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He, exists, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Praise God. All right. So I'm going to take a few of these and break them down or, or just explain them a little bit. First, the, the first part there that I have underlined is that through him, God created everything. What that basically means is that he is the creator of all things, including you. So he started you. It was his idea. 
okay? He's the one that made you, he created you. Everything was created through him and for him. That means nothing was created outside of him, okay? This seems like Christianity 101, but there's so much good here that if we just look at it more closely, it will help us even understand what my life is meant to look like, okay? He, nothing was created outside of him. It means that all of it is for his glory, including you and your life. It is for him and his glory. He existed before anything else, okay? This is one of the ones that many people struggle with that aren't Christians, like, where, when did God start? If he created everything, well, who created God? Well, Paul says here, he existed before anything. So he doesn't exist in time. God actually created time. So we can say that God was, has always been because he was the one that created time. If he created time, he couldn't have created time from within time. I know we're getting a little technical here, but for him to create something, it couldn't have been already there. So he created time. Before that, there wasn't time. He's infinite. So he's always been, and he lives outside of time. Okay, he holds all creation together. That means all creation would fall apart without him. All creation would fall apart without him, including you, okay? Your tendons aren't holding your bones together, he is, okay? He is everything. Without him, there would be absolutely nothing. He is the head of the church. So we are his church, we are his body, he is the head. That means he's on the top. He's on the top in the church. We want him at the top in the church, don't we? You sure don't want me up here. You guys know that and I know that. We want him on the top in the church. And it's exactly what the word tells us. It says he is the beginning. The beginning, he's the top. Everything starts with him and cascades off of him. He's the very top. And then it also says he is first in everything. So just in case we left anything out, he's first in everything. He is the top. He is the top of the ladder in everything, in creation and in your life. So that tells me that there is nothing above him. There's nothing beside him. There's nothing equal to him. There's nothing that deserves anything above him, including you and including your life. Here is something that can be hard to wrap your brain around to think about this. But even in your life, he is more important than you. How crazy is that? To think that there's even, that, that in my own life, I'm not even the most important thing about my life. My thoughts, it's not about me, even in my thoughts, it's about him in my thoughts. My, my health is not the most important thing in my life. Him over my health is, the most, is more important than that. He is, he is more important in my life than I am having life. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like there aren't even words in English to really explain it all. But just to try to give you an idea of what it looks like, he is over it all. He was before it all. He deserves it all. There's nothing above him. There's nothing even close to him. He is everything. Amen? So if he is everything, and we agree with that in creation, how much more is he everything in my puny little life? How much more does he deserve to be in that place in my life? I'm nobody. I'm just one person on a planet full of over six billion people that who knows how many have lived in all of time. I'm just one little blip. Of course he's above all in my life. Of course he deserves to be up here in my life. It's not even a question. 
It's an absolute no-brainer. It would be the easiest test that's ever been given if it was given as a test because it's obvious according to the scripture. And we see this and we, we can celebrate this on a Sunday morning because it's cool. But guess what? Monday morning's coming. It's not as fun on Monday morning. It's a lot easier to move him down the ladder a little bit on a Monday because it's very, very easy for us to want to be up here. Can I tell you, I'll just be honest with you. I want to be on this step all the time. I want to be at the top of the ladder all the time. I want to be able to call on God when I need him, but I really want to be up here. And I put myself up here sometimes. And you know what? Then I get with God and I'm convicted and I realize what I'm doing. So I come back down. And then about a week later, I find myself perched back up here again. And I come back down. My legs should be like tree trunks as much as I go up and down ladders. Because that's our nature. That's who we are. As long as we have this flesh, it's going to be a challenge and a battle for us. It's going to be something that we have to be reminded of. I, I, this is never something, even today, I'll, you'll probably remember the ladder. It'll bring, hopefully bring it back to your memory as you go through this week. But if, if you commit to letting Jesus be on the top and perched in the, bur in the, the uh, crow's nest of your ladder of status, it's not like the rest of your life is just going to be, oh yeah, I, I gave Jesus first place like 12 years ago. It's great. Because 12 minutes later, you're going to want to put yourself back there because that's how it is for us. It is not enough for us to know that that's what's supposed to be. It's not enough to know. We need a strategy. We need to be intentional. You know, any success you have in life is because you've been intentional and you make a plan and you have a strategy. I mean, how many of us get up in the morning and we go in our closet to get dressed and something just doesn't quite fit like it should. And we say to ourselves, man, I really got to be healthier. And then two donuts for breakfast and a cheeseburger for lunch. I mean, that's long gone until the next morning. When you say it again, man, I'd really like to wear that shirt, but mm. That's my skinny shirt. I haven't worn that in 10 years. <laughs> and if you don't come up with a plan to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and you make sure you're intentional about it, you're going to say it. You can say it every day for the rest of your life. You're never going to be healthy. You have to be willing to have a strategy and to be intentional about it in our life. We have to stop hoping that eventually, if I just live long enough and I go to church enough and I try hard enough to be a good person, eventually Jesus is just going to perch up here and camp out and he's never going to leave that spot. And I'll just be content to be down here somewhere. You're never, ever going to be content to be down here. Never. You can get to a place where you have enough understanding and you, you have enough of a desire for God to have his way in your life that you'll, you'll stay there. But it's not because that's where you want to be. I mean, when you're going through crises, you want to be down here because then you're like, God help. But that's not where we're going to be. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy. You have to be intentional to make sure you're putting yourself in that place all the time. So what we have to do is we have to check our status. We have to check. We have to have a status update every day in life. Every day. And I can tell you what, what helps me in my own life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you, is I, I ask myself a couple questions consistently in my life. All the time. That, and, I'm, and I force myself to be honest with myself because this will help us to to check our status, to make sure we're 
giving Jesus his rightful place in our life. So I wanna share these with you today. There's just two questions, okay? The first one is do I really believe in life after death? Do I really believe in it? Now, before you write me off and say, oh, of course I believe in it, I'm a Christian, I know about life after death, it's not enough. Yes, we believe in life after death. You can't be a Christian without believing in life after death because the crux of our faith is John 3.16 that says, whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And we all know to step into every human being so far that has stepped into everlasting life, with the exception of a couple, have had to die to step into that, right? And so the only way to really step into that is to die. So we understand the life after death, but that's not what we're talking about today. When I talk about life after death, I'm talking about death in this life, about dying in this life, laying down my rights in this life, dying, which means coming off this top step and coming down here somewhere. Do I really believe that that's where the good life is for me? Do I believe it? Or do I actually really believe that it's really up here? and that God will understand, because I'm just, I'm stronger than most, so I can handle it. Do I really believe it? Jesus said in, in Luke 9, 23, there's lots of verses about talking about dying, uh, and this is one of them, this is one of my favorites. It says, Jesus said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me will save it. So many of us know this verse. You've heard it many times. You've heard it since you were a kid that you have to die to yourself. You have to deny yourself. In other words, you have to get off the top step. You have to come down. You have to be willing to say no to yourself. In fact, some versions say you have to forget yourself if you're really going to follow him. And what he's saying here is that if you really wanna live the life, you wanna live the abundant life that Jesus came to give you, it's not from up here. The abundant life that God wants you to live is never, ever from the bird dog seat. Never. That's not where it comes from. If you wanna live the life that God has truly called you to live, it is not up here. And we know that what Jesus is saying here is not just about salvation because he says that you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. We know salvation does not have to, you don't have to get saved every day, okay? Today is the day of salvation. We're walking in salvation, but you don't have to get saved. You don't lose your salvation when you go to bed and have to get up in the morning and get saved again. So he says, take up your cross daily. This is about dying to yourself daily. Paul said in Corinthians, he said, I die daily. He also says that don't you know your body is not your own, that you were purchased with a great price. So you don't even have any right to not die to yourself according to what the word of God says. That we are called to die daily. This means we have to be intentional. We have to have a strategy to be able to do that because it is not in anyone's nature to want to deny themselves. I don't care how long you've been saved, it's still not in your nature. The more the spirit of God works that in you and out and, and, the, and the flesh out of you, it becomes more and more manageable and, and maybe, dare I say, a little easier, but it's never going to be in your nature. There's never in your nature to not want what you want. And so we have to be intentional. We have to make it a part of our Monday through Saturday, not just our Sunday morning. So we ask ourselves the question, do I really believe that there is life after death? 
And this is a paradox. There's so many of these in our faith where it seems like it contradicts itself, but it really doesn't. It's a paradox to say that we can't really live the good life without dying. But that's exactly what it means. The contentment, the peace that we all long for in our life is all about making sure we're not up on that top step. And we need a hook because it's one thing to say it, but what really draws us in and makes us believe it is understanding that this is what actually gives us purpose. You know, everybody wants purpose in life. We talked about this a couple weeks ago about how God really is the one, he is our purpose. Everybody wants to feel like their life matters and that they have purpose in life. Can I tell you today? Never, ever, ever will you feel purpose from this spot. If you're up here, you will never, ever experience the purpose God has for you in your life. You might have some superficial purpose, but you'll never really thrive in life from that place because it's not where we were designed to be. The challenge is to live sold out for Jesus. Church, let's live sold out for him. Let's give him the place in our life that he deserves and frankly, that he demands. It's not a suggestion. He doesn't suggest it like, hey, you know, if you're not too busy, why don't you let me have a first place in your life? He says, if you wanna be my disciple, that's the way it is. Enough of half-hearted following Jesus, amen? Let's follow him with all of our heart. Okay, and then the second question that we have to ask ourselves, do I really want Jesus to have his way in my life. Now let's get out of the Sunday church mode for just a second. Because the answer to this is obviously yes. We'd all have to say yes. We're in church. And this is actually online, so you can't say no. Other people are seeing it. But let's be honest with ourselves. Do I really want Jesus to have his way in my life? Now, before we can answer that, sometimes we have to answer another question. Do I actually know what that means? Do I know what it means to let Jesus have his way in my life? Because if you've experienced enough life, you know you can look back and look at times that Jesus had his way, but it wasn't really necessarily how you would have wanted it. Because you see, our way and his way don't always mirror each other. Sometimes they're at odds. Sometimes they're violently at odds with each other. You know, uh, I, was, uh, I was here at the church yesterday, uh, Saturday, I'm usually the only one here, I like to come in and finish up my sermon prep, and I like to come in the sanctuary sometimes and pray, I'll just walk around and pray, it's just, uh, it's cathartic for me, and I was doing it yesterday, and uh, I was actually on the stage here, you know, the lights aren't really on, there's a couple safety lights, but other than that, it's dark in here, and I'm just walking around and I'm praying, and you know, just like anyone else, I can pray in autopilot. You know, where you just start saying stuff because you have muscle memory. You don't even really know what you're praying. I'm praying, I'm, I'm praying all these things, but I'm really thinking about something else, about like what I'm gonna have for lunch. And uh, I heard myself pray, Lord, have your way in my life. I said, God, glorify yourself in my life. Have your way. And I heard myself say it, and as quick as I said it, the Lord spoke to my heart very quickly and very gently and said, are you sure? I mean, I heard it as plain as day, not with my ears, but I just, I knew it was the Lord. And I, it stopped me in my tracks. He said, are you sure you want that? 
And I actually got, <laughs> I got pretty emotional because I realized that in my mind, what that means is, God, if you're having your way in my life, well, that means things are gonna be going good. That means my family's gonna be doing great. My kids are all gonna just be doing great and everything's gonna be wonderful. My finances are gonna just you know, be amazing all the time. And, and the evidence of my life is going to encourage others because that's what, you know, if God, if you're having your way in my life, others will see it and it will encourage them in their faith too. Right? And then when it comes to leading the church, like, oh man, God, if you're having your way in our church, well, here we go, you know, growth so fast, we're not even gonna know what to do with it. I mean, we're gonna have all the resources we need. We're gonna have all the people we need. There's not gonna be any drama. Everybody's gonna be behaving themselves, right? And everything's just gonna be wonderful. And, you know, I, can, I don't even have to prepare a sermon. I can just get up here and read the Bible and people are just gonna get saved because, you know, if you're having your way, that's how it's gonna go. And I found myself just thinking like that and thinking through that and thinking, that's not always how it looks. And he reminded me quickly that sometimes when he has his way, it's not comfortable. I'm not happy. I'm not afraid to admit it. There's times I am not happy when God is having his way in my life. He had his way back in my 20s and I, was in, I ended up in the Sahara Desert for a year, ministering to Muslims in a third world country. That wasn't comfortable. There was a lot, it was a very, very difficult time too, actually, it wasn't very happy. But that was definitely his plan. When he has his way, my pride gets exposed sometimes. I don't like that one bit. That's not comfortable, that's not smooth, that's not encouraging other people. Because usually, a lot of times, it's exposed to others, and that's how you see it in yourself. My wife will see it and mention it, and I don't want to ever believe it, you know, but it's true. Maybe my selfishness will be exposed. When he has his way, it's not always real happy. And as I'm walking up on the stage and I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just like, you know what though, God? I'm, I'm far enough along in my faith, I'm like, yeah, but that's okay. I'm not praying for comfort, I'm not praying for happiness, I'm not praying for everything to look perfect, God, I, but I want you to have your way. God, I'm coming down off this top step and I'm letting you sit up there and I pray that you'd, stay there as long as humanly possible <laughs> and help me to remember not to pull you down off of it because he deserves it and he's worthy of it. He's so, so good. But I know that when he is at the top, it's not always going my way. You know, Romans eight twenty eight is one of our favorite verses in the Bible. You hear it quoted all the time. It's one of my favorite that we know that in all things he works the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's a great verse, it's a wonderful verse, but if he has to work the good, that means there's bad. He doesn't have to work the good in the things that are already good, you know? Pizza's good, he doesn't have to work pizza, that that's, does fine by itself. The things that he has to work good in is because it's bad or because it's not good. So when he's having his way, he's working good, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna feel good. It doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be everything that I think it should be. And in the light of that, what I've realized is sometimes we don't want him to have his way, we want him to get out of our way. Or we want him to give us our way. Sometimes we just want what we want, as opposed to really letting him have his way. And listen, it's common for every one of us to take his place at the top. But can I challenge you today, don't ever get to that place 
where you stay there and you're content to stay there. Don't ever get to a place where you don't let him convict you to, that, that, that you wouldn't want to stay there. Don't ever get to the place where you just want him to leave you alone and just stay down here somewhere out of your way. Let's never get comfortable at that place. I remember when I was, uh, oh, I was probably about 25. I'd been serving Jesus wholeheartedly for about six, seven years. And I'd been on a honeymoon with the Lord. I don't know if you've experienced that, but when I first got saved, it was pretty, I was on fire. And man, he was, he was revealing himself to me. He was answering my prayers. Uh, he was showing himself faithful. I'd read my Bible and it was just like, it was like I was devouring it. It was like I was just having a blast. Every time I read the word, it was illuminating truth to me and it was just such a good time. And then I got to the place where the honeymoon was over and I was struggling and, and things shifted a little bit, which often happens in your faith. And I didn't feel his presence like I wanted to. I wasn't seeing things. Praying was harder. Stopping reading my Bible was harder. And even just, you know, considering him and everything was harder. So I, in the incredible wisdom of a 25-year-old, I decided that I was going to just take a little break. A little spiritual break. <laughs> it sounds so absurd to even talk about it, but man, it made a lot of sense in my head back then. Um, and it wasn't like I was just wanting to like leave my faith. I wasn't doing that at all. It's just like, I was just not gonna concentrate on spiritual things for a couple weeks. I wasn't gonna read my Bible. I wasn't gonna pray. I wasn't gonna consider the Lord in my things. I wasn't gonna run off and do a bunch of debauchery, but I was just gonna just take a break, basically. And so what I did was, I put myself up here at the top. Willfully, intentionally, rebelliously, I perched myself right here about two weeks. And you know what? It was two of the worst weeks of my life. Nothing tragic happened. Nothing, uh, no, nothing that I can even remember that was even necessarily bad. It was just a, a darkness. I knew in the middle of it, I knew like, this is not good. This is a big mistake, but I committed to it. So I was going to do it. And so I did, I, I, I think it was about two weeks, maybe 10 days, something like that. And the next, the day I decided I was done with that, I got up and I would typically get up in the morning early and I'd read my Bible and I, I read a devotional every day with it, you know, and I'd, I'd pray and I got up and, and uh, I laid on my bed and first thing I did was open my devotional. And this is the one I had and I still have it. And I still read it. It's many of you are familiar with it. It's my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers. Wonderful man of God that after he died, his wife took his journal and made a devotional out of it. And um, so I was reading it and I went, it was, on, it was on April 15th. So I went to the April 15th passage and I started reading. <laughs> you guys are gonna think I'm making this up, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just gonna read the second half of this, uh, devo this daily devotional. It says, are there some things regarding your physical or intellectual life to which you have been paying no attention at all? If so, you may think you are all correct in the important areas, but you are careless. You are failing to concentrate or to focus properly. You no more need a day off from spiritual concentration on matters in your life than your heart needs a day off from beating. I'm not even joking. As you cannot take a day off morally and remain moral, neither can you take a day off spiritually and remain spiritual. God wants you to be entirely his, and it requires paying close attention to keep yourself fit. It also takes a tremendous amount of time Yet some of us expect to rise above all of our problems, going from one mountaintop experience to another with only a few minutes effort. 
As you can imagine, I was crying like a baby after that and repenting and promising God that I would never do that again. But what an incredible encouragement and rebuke from God where he used Mr. Chambers here to speak into my life. Because you know, it's not in our nature to pay close attention to the spiritual things in our life. It's only the spirit of God in us that draws us towards that. So it's not in our nature to expect that, just to stay spiritually fit, as he says here, but then we still expect to go from mountaintop to mountaintop. Because I go to church, and I'm a good person, and I know enough about the Bible to be dangerous. And so, God, why am I not going from mountaintop to mountaintop? Why am I not experiencing all the good things about faith because of who you are? You're a loving father. You're, you're good. I'm a child of the king. I have all these, these perks, and you, know, you give good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we start to claim the things we think we should have when the reality is the whole time we're perched up here. And we're asking, God, why aren't you doing what I need you to do? And God is saying, because you don't let me have my seat. You're in my spot. Now, when he's in his spot, where he's supposed to be, does that mean everything's gonna go perfect? No. <laughs> but it means we'll have the perspective and we'll have the understanding that we need to be able to still leave, let him stay there. To be able to understand enough to know, God, you're faithful. God, you're worthy of my life. You're worthy of my praise, no matter how I feel in the moment. You're good, you're amazing, you're awesome, and it's all yours anyway. You were here before creation. You're over all creation. You hold it all together. So here is little puny me. I'm just gonna let you have your way. I'm gonna let you do your thing. But we have to continually ask ourselves, do I really want him to have his way in my life? You know, when, uh, when Jesus did his first miracle, if you know the, the gospels, you know that he was at a wedding. They ran out of wine at the wedding, which was a you know, huge embarrassment for the wedding coordinator, but you know, not something that's gonna, it's not a cataclysmic thing in the, in the grand scheme of life. Uh, but yet, Jesus did his first miracle there where he turned water into wine. And if you know the story, you know that Mary was the one that noticed it. Mary brought the servants to Jesus. And look what she said to the servants in John 2, verse 5. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to do to you, do it. That's the word of the Lord for us today. Whatever he says to you, do it. If you want to see the miracles in your life, whatever he says to you, do it. If you wanna see the abundant life that he's called you to live, whatever he says to you, do it. The things he says to do are not easy. It's sacrifice. It's sacrificial to come off the top of the ladder. It's not easy. But whatever he says to you to do, do it. No more half-hearted following Jesus. No more apathetic walking out our faith. Let's live sold out for him. Let's give him everything. Let's, let's focus on the spiritual in our life and be determined to stay fit in our spiritual life and watch what he will do. Be determined to keep yourself off the top seat and let him have his rightful place in your life. Would you stand with me, please? I wanna pray for you today. It's time to do a status update in our life. It's always time for that. This isn't a uh, rebuke or something like that. You know, it's not that I'm seeing everybody and you guys just aren't spiritual enough, so you need a good rebuke. This is, that's not what this is. This is something, we could do this every week. We need to be reminded every single week of this, every day for that matter. 
Let the cry of our heart be what the psalmist said in Psalm 86, 11. Pray this in your heart today. God, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. God, that's our prayer today. Teach us your ways, O Lord. Help us to walk in your truth. God, give us an undivided heart. Our hearts are so divided. There's so many things pulling at our affection. There's so many things that make us want to take you off of your rightful place in our life. But God, we declare today that you can have your spot. Take your place in our life. Forgive us for where we have willfully, knowingly, and intentionally taken you out of that place. Because God, we know that you will always let us do that. You do not force yourself on us. We put you in your rightful place today, God. And those things that have taken that place, God, we cast them aside. Forgive us, Lord, where we have fallen short. Cleanse us, make us white as snow. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for loving us unconditionally. Thank you that there is nothing in this world, nothing in this universe that can separate us from your love. We receive your love today, God. We die to self today. We lay our rights down. God, remind us to pick up our cross daily, to follow you daily. And Lord, when we put ourselves in your place, Lord, remind us, convict our hearts, keep our hearts pure before you, God. Keep our hearts moldable. Let it be good soil, Lord, that you can convict us and bring us back to our rightful place and to put you in yours. We thank you for it today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Let's praise God one more time. Thank the Lord.